My guest today has an amazing voice, and you would hope he would because you've heard his voice on things like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Aquaman, and The Founder. I like Joe Sanfilippo's voice so much that you hear his voice on nearly every episode of Printfest. More on that later. And if there's one thing I know about Joe, it's that he's big energy, he's big fun, he's Marty the one-man party, so let's get to it. We've got the amazing Joe Sanfilippo in the studio today on Printfest. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Joe Sanfilippo, welcome to the breakfast studio. Well, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I've been waiting to have you on. Uh, you are, you know, one of my few friends that actually grew up in Los Angeles. You're oh, a yeah. native Los Angelino. There's well, like six of us, I think, and we, we we get together at parties you guys don't even know about in places right? you don't know about. You know, there's there's hidden spots. You know, where where uh, in Los Angeles did you grow up? Well, you, by and large, if you grew up in LA, you usually either grew up in Pasadena or the Valley, or or like uh, or uh, the 805. So like, but but I grew up in the Valley, and okay. um, yeah, it there's there's like it's a tiny it's a weird thing it's a weird thing growing up in the city everybody wants to come to. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. Because there's like this perception like, oh, everybody in L.A. is crazy, man. Like, no, we're not. You have sent us everyone from your hometowns. That is nuts. <laughs> and it, it's like it's like as if the entire country got tipped up on its edge and we just shook it until all the crazies fell into L.A. And then and then when everybody comes here, they're like, oh, my God, it's nuts. Like, no, dude. No. <laughs> I mean, you're right. A lot of us actors <laughs> are not the most stable people. Yeah, mm. So, so oh it's, it's like this, this bad reputation for L.A. that is just unfair. The people born here are just normal ass people from, you know, wherever. But the people that come here are by and large. There's a there's a heavy percentage of nuts. I can't say all, but there's a <laughs> definitely a higher than the mean level of nuts. Well, I don't know who these other people are you're talking about, Joe. I'm completely sane. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. Me either. What? <laughs> I think uh, you and I met, the first time we met in person, I believe, was at a wedding in, not Palm Springs, but right next, is it Indio? Is that yeah, where that, that wedding was? was? For, yeah. Uh, yeah, for Jess and Brian, right? Jess and Brian's wedding. Uh, that was, that was... La Costa, right? Yeah. No, no, not so. La Costa. I'm sorry. It was, um, oh, La Quinta. Like, yeah, you're right. La Quinta. The law part was right. Yeah, yes. see, that's why you're from Los Angeles. You get all the laws right. La Quinta. Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, we, I remember we tried to, I was like, oh, Joe, you got to record uh, my outgoing message on my phone. And then we had been partaking that night of, you know, the the oh. bubbly and, and whatnot. Uh, and then we tried to record it like four times and then I just kept re re remembering to get safe. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how G rated your podcast is, but, um, we were, uh, we were shithoused. That's the reason that didn't work. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> we were on the, on, on the official shithouse tip. It was not good. <laughs> we were past the top and going down. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't get that outgoing message. It still has my terrible voice on there instead of yours, but mm. you know, life. 
Anyway, we, we can do it today. We can do. We're gonna. You oh, yeah. called Brent Pope. Actually, yeah, Brent is ignoring that. your call right now. He saw it. He looked at it. He decided he had better things to do. Cool. We got to get a cleaner version of that later. Yeah, yes, I'm into that. I'm into that. Yes. <laughs> so, what what high school did you go to in Los Angeles? Uh, I went to uh, Chaminade College Prep for a year. Shamanad um, is a very famous uh, famous school because uh, the movie Less Than Zero uh, is based on Shamanad. Uh, an incredible um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. performance. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, the movie Heather's is what it was like going to school at Shamanad. So oh, wow. I did I did that for a year, and then and then I transferred to El Camino. Okay. And now I know. I know Shamanad as being a school that has a lot of like a lot of college football players come from Shamanad. Oh, yeah. They have a big football program. Terrell Newbeef, running back from Nebraska, I remember went to Shamanad. They uh, um they they made a decision about uh God, I would say my I I think it was it was the year before I got there. So that'd be like 90, 91, maybe 92. They made a real decision, the alumni did that was that were donating that they were going to to up their game. And boy, did they ever. They built, I mean, they built an incredible field. They spend a ton of money. They've been going after talent. And so, I mean, their programs are really, they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great players coming out of Chaminade. And then you went to El Camino. Cool. Mm-hmm. So were you uh, someone that did, were you a performer in high school or was that something came to you later? No, you know, um, it's a weird deal for me. Uh, when I was, I grew up in Catholic school uh, okay. down the street from Chaminade. I'm sorry, down the street from El Camino, there's a place called St. Bernadine's, a little, little Catholic church. That's where I grew up. And that's where I went to school. And every Christmas we would do, you know, Christmas pageants, obviously it's Catholic school. And so, um, you'd get up there with your class and you'd sing. Well, I cannot sing and I'm very loud and I do not know when I'm wrong. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so like the teachers, it became like this thing that we'd all stand up there and they'd go and Joey, Joey, you just, Joey, you, you mouth the words. Okay. Okay. Joey, you mouth the words. And I'm an idiot. And I'm like, okay, I'm mouth the words. I mouth them. And so, so like, I think, I don't know how many Christmases this went on for. I'm guessing this was around fourth grade, third grade. My mom goes, I, I told my mom, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of special because I just mouth the words. And my mom's like, you, you what? And I'm like, oh, I, I mouth them. I, mom, I don't really, I'm not supposed to sing. I mouth them. So like, I'm the guy mouthing them. And oh, she, no. she's like, I mean, so my mom goes to talk to the teacher. She's like, what the hell, man? She's <laughs> And the teacher's like, Peggy, the kid, the kid's an idiot. He doesn't, he can't tell that, <laughs> that he's wrong. And he's singing at the top of his lungs and he's effing up the other kids around him. And so, uh, so she's like, yeah, but he's starting to catch on. So you gotta, so they would write me a part to say something because oh, wow. I, does that make any sense? Yeah. So that yeah. I think why I started acting is because I was too, too, too shitty at singing to just, uh, to, to stand there. Okay. Well, Hey, it worked out, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the irony of it. I was going to ask you, you know, you've got this this voice that has kind of very rich tones. Obviously, that's probably something that happened when you hit like puberty and your voice got low, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Seems now, like- when when that happened, I mean, this voice that you know have formed, what was that like? Was that, did you immediately, when that voice changed, like, wow, I've got a good. Oh, hell no, dude. No, I think no? I, like anybody else, you, you hate the sound of your own voice. And, and, um, uh, you know, and, and you get used to, uh, you know, I, I read, I read a thing about it like, cause it's, I guess it's the shape of our heads and the way our ears are structured. We don't actually hear ourselves anything like how we really sound. Right. And so, um, I know I've never loved the sound of my voice and, and, um, but when I was in high school, 
I, I had uh, uh, my junior year, I think I had an elective open. And uh, at the time I was working for my dad, my dad owned pizza places. So I'll be running a, a pizza store at night, which is a terrible plan, by the way, for a kid in high school. Don't <laughs> it just it's just a shit plan. But um, so I'd be running a pizza place for my dad at night and then, you know, school in the daytime. And I had an elective free and uh, and I was taking work experience, which I don't know if you remember that. That was some nonsense that LUSD came up with. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got a job. Great. We'll give you credits and we'll get you out of our school. Yep. Um, but uh, so I took I took a theater class and it was it was fun because it was um, it, it was a unique thing because you couldn't fake it. Does that make any sense? Like you, right. you couldn't you couldn't fake like anything else in class, if, if you made a mistake in, on your homework or something, or if you screwed up on a test, the only person that knew that were you and the teacher. But mm-hmm. if you were in a theater class and you got up in front of everybody and, and you didn't do the work on the scene, uh, that's pretty damn clear. Yeah. And so, you know, it became something I really, I, I worked at. And then, um, but again, it wasn't a big thing for me. And then when I was, and, and the theater kids where I went to school were very goth. There was a lot of white makeup on their faces, a lot of trench coats, a lot of really big Doc Martens and a lot of <laughs> angst. And uh, and I, I really didn't enjoy their I did, that whole scene was so bizarre, man. Not your scene. Not my scene. <laughs> and and so uh, so I was like, oh, well, theater kids are weirdos. There you go. <laughs> so when I was well, in, <laughs> right. So when I was in college. I was like, wait, they're not weirdos. Oh, that was unique to my school. OK. You're known for doing a lot of, you know, voiceover work, which means that, you know, it's a, it's a thing where we're hearing your voice. We don't necessarily see you, but you've worked on some, you know, we've heard your voice on some huge projects. Like I said, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Aquaman. Mostly I do commercials. You've heard me on uh, a, a couple, yep. couple, 300 commercials. And, and, and that's, that's by and large what I, what I do for the most part. And, and that, those are great fun, you know, and, and now everything's recording from home because it's the end of the world. So, you know, that's the, you have to, hopefully you have a good, a good, uh, a good booth in your house. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, going along with when, when your voice changed and that kind of stuff, when did you kind of discover then that you had this voice for being a narrator spokesperson type person well, in, I, I was like everybody else. I was so damn cocky getting out of college. You know, I, I went to UCLA with a bunch of really cool people and, mm-hmm. and I really, you know, I, I just thought, well, sh- I'm, I, I'll work on, I'll work on uh, soap operas if I have to, I'll do voiceover if I have to. Like, like, like as if the world was going to knock down my door. And then, you know, it, it, you know, this town is a, is a very good way of humbling you pretty quick. You know what I mean? So, so, Absolutely. They, you know, at some point or another, you, you know, you, you, you take whatever, you know, you end up uh, making your money at. Um, I, but I got very lucky. I did a, um, I did a, uh, we did a, a pilot for Jerry Zucker, um, who directed ghost and airplane. Oh and, yeah. And big name. And, and so I got, I fell into that. It was a, we, he was creating a thing called national banana and a guy named Jason Benish, uh, who's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, they were looking for, uh, comedians and, and comic actors to do this national banana thing. And it wound up with a bunch of sketches and the idea behind it, it was basically funnier die before funnier die. And was supposed to live online. And it was, but it was all going to be in-house created. So it wasn't going to be crowdsourced like Funnier Die is. And then, uh, then TBS went and said, okay, we're going to do a pilot with this. And they brought in one of the showrunners from SNL. And, and then they, they cast me to do this thing. So the idea behind it was kind of like Playboy After Dark. And then you'd go to a sketch. So you, you, ever, you ever watch Playboy After Dark where, where Hugh Hefner would, you know. No, I've never seen that. I don't even know what Playboy is. No, th- well, this was great. This was, <laughs> this was actually, this was the, the coolest thing. It, it, no, it wasn't what you think it is. Uh, I no. thought the same thing, but it's not. 
It was uh, it was Hugh Hefner at, back in the Playboy Mansion, Chicago, before it moved out here, and then I think they continued out here for a little while. They would do this thing where you'd, you'd, you'd be in the mansion with Hugh and a bunch of cool, really cool people, okay. and everybody's clothed. It's not that kind of show. And then um, then then uh, Hugh, Hugh would be talking about uh, whatever the topic of the day was. It was always very political and very aware of what was going on. And then it'd be like, oh, you guys, you know what? Everybody sit down. Get, get, uh, my, my good friend Sammy Davis Jr. is here. He's going to sing a song for us. And then the camera pan over, and there's Sammy Davis Jr. sitting in the living wow. room, and he'd sing a song. And so that was kind of like the, the structure of that show. So they kind of did this other show that way and had me playing that Hugh Hefner character. And of course, it didn't get picked up by TBS. And, and, uh, but a, a friend of ours that was on the pilot, um, I ran into him on Avalon Island uh, maybe about a, about a year later when it didn't get picked up. And he asked me who my voiceover rep was. And I, I told him I didn't have one. And he turned me on to, he tied me in with his. And, and that was kind of like where I got started on that. Wow. Which in, in L.A., you know that that's kind of an incredible thing for someone to actually share. That's really neat. Yep. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, you know, it's all about finding the right connection at the right time. And like you said, we're all very lucky to ever get any job anywhere. Dude, so No lie. <laughs> you know, I, I think that could be on my gravestone. Joe Sanfilippo. Ah, he was just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I noticed when I was doing a little research on you is that we both did several episodes of Bold and the Beautiful. We're both soap stars, you and I. Oh, dude. Christy, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Christy Dooley. Christy Dooley. Uh, thank you, Christy Dooley. Yeah, I, right? I, I had a great time on that show. I don't remember what his name is, the guy that plays kind of the the big uh, patriarch on the show. One, the, 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 the Forester. I can't remember. I spent a day in his dressing yeah. room, though, one time. I yeah, remember. I did, too. Uh, yeah. They gave me his dressing room because he was off one day. I thought that was yeah. amazing that they... Like, don't touch his shit. I'm like, I won't touch his shit. I wasn't supposed to eat those M&Ms? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not for you. Well, they look like they're, you know, going to go bad if you didn't eat them right away. You got to eat M&M's when they're fresh. So I, I ate some of the M&M's. No, but that was pretty cool. It's funny because I was looking. You and I had like kind of very similar role. Like I was this bailiff in the, in the courtroom for like three days and you were like what? Uh, I was a, a firefighter named Kowalski, I think. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Very blue collar guys. Yeah. You know? it, was, it was a good learning experience, man. I effed up Absolutely. on that pretty strong. The, uh, yeah. They, I was doing a thing with Lorenzo. Like they brought me in to, to kill people off for for a couple uh-huh. of seasons. Like anytime a, 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 an actor got killed off, like and got carted away, that seemed to be which which is a terrible day to be on the show because you're all happy, like I'm working, and they're like I'm being fired. Oh, yeah, but wow. um, I was uh, you know, they shoot those things with three cameras, and I'm I'm a space case, and so like uh, I thought they had a <laughs> tight shot on Lorenzo Lamas and whoever was being killed off. That that's how far back this goes. And so I am completely checked out. I'm standing behind him, staring at the ceiling, just completely effed off. And that's the shot they went with for the whole goddamn scene. Oh, my goodness. So voiceover is probably a better fit for me. I mean, you're not real bright. You know, look, look at the choice that guy made. Uh, that's the choice he made as an actor. He wasn't not paying attention. Right, all my friends hit me up like, what are you staring at there, bud? Oh, wow. <laughs> You know, since you do so much voiceover work, I'm, I'm assuming you have a studio at your place. Oh, yeah. What, what's the setup that you have in your house? Break it down for me. What well, do you got uh, there? I've got a 10 foot by 8 foot whisper room um, that I that I lucked into. Uh, and then uh, a Sennheiser 416 mic. And I run a Duet Apogee uh, preamp into uh, a lovely iMac. And then um, and then everything's hardwired in. And then you can send off your... Your work that way. Of course, you have to make sure the sound is dead in the room and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. I don't know what 90% of that means, but it sounds very good. It sounded official. cool, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I, uh, you know, I think this about you sometimes. I'm a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of their, their, their tight end, their superstar tight end is named Travis Kelsey. And uh, he's known for being like big energy, life of the party type guy. And you always remind me of him, which I consider to be, you know, a compliment. You're like the life of the party guy. And I'm the, the guy who eats all the pigs in a blanket at the party guy, you know? <laughs> So <laughs> it, it, it's a terrible thing when you ha- when you're a big person with a big voice because you dominate by accident conversations mm-hmm. and you don't mean to. And you, you it, it, it's it, and, and a lot of the time you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And so you, you just sound like a, a big, loud idiot. And so um, it, it, it's 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 a kind of a tricky spot. And I, I find when I lose my voice, uh, I, I, I look up with like I'm like, oh, who are these people? You know what I mean? Like I'll I'll be around yeah. people that I've known for years, and as soon as I can't actually talk, everybody else is like, "Oh, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus! Thank you for shutting up for a minute." And then, and you get to hear everybody else, and you're like, "Oh, I uh, yeah, I need to shut up and go in the corner for a while." Since you say you have a, a you know an abnormally loud voice, no. uh, does that? How do you deal with that in the studio? Do you have do you, you know do you have settings that you have to change? Do you have to back oh, yeah. away from the mic. Well, well, everything you're going to do voiceover wise, unless it's, unless it's something really, well, that's not, I guess a lot of the stuff I do do is kind of like, like the bigger, louder, dynamic, or more, sometimes even making fun of like the whole idea of voiceover stuff. Um, and, and do a lot of like football announcer kind of things. And like, if, if there, if there's commercials where they're looking for a football announcer style deal or, you know, um, so you, you, you just kind of like back off enough, but you can't go too far. Otherwise it starts to sound weird. So right. you, you you bring the gain down, and then mm-hmm. the, if you're using a like I said that Sennheiser 416, which I, I it's a phenomenal mic, and you've got a really you got a nice long sock on the end of it, so you can get rid of a lot of your stupid before okay. it gets into the mic. Does that make any sense? Yep. So it's a forgiving mic. Yeah. So that's what I need. Yeah. No, I'm a huge fan. I had, uh, I had I've had a handful of other ones, and this is definitely my favorite. You know, as a performer, who were some of your influences? You know, growing up and as you started doing acting stuff, who who do you hang your hat on? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's obviously the guys that I respect the most. Yeah. And and I, I know I don't I, I don't try to emulate because I'm not I, right. just so much better. Um, like Anthony Hopkins is is to me the top of the food chain. He is the I think the best actor. He might be the best actor ever. He just might be perfect. And he's pretty great. He's pretty, he's amazing. And, and he, we, we graduated UCLA and, and we, a bunch of us came back. We kind of snuck back onto campus. We were doing a, a we were rehearsing a, a, a play one of us had written and uh, Anthony Hopkins was giving a talk at the Bridges Theater. And if uh, the way UCLA is kind of set up, the, the theater department and the, the film department kind of back up against each other. And then there's like a quad in the middle, but it's like a, it looks like a loading dock. It is a bunch of loading docks. And that creates like this little back secondary quad. So we were back in there. And when they shuttle out a celebrity out of the Bridges Theater, there's a tunnel that comes out. And then they put him in a limousine in that little quad. And so we'd snuck in to listen to his talk. And he was incredible. And uh, and and they were, they were asking one of the guys we went to school with, asked him about like all the crazy characters he's played. And, and you know, do you ever let those... Uh, those psychopaths kind of like in, inhabit you. Do you ever, and he, he was so funny because it's, you know, we're learning method and we were all very, you know, Meisner, Meisner and, and getting very serious. And, and, uh, and he's like, Oh God, no, no, that's, that's, that's lunacy. 
<laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> He's like, what do you want me to do? Start eating people's faces? Of course not. It's a job. I'm, I'm pretending that's our job. And then you drop it and you go on with your life. And it was, it was so refreshing. But, um, but he came out the tunnel there and, and just happened to be, I didn't realize that that was the deal. And so we were standing next to him when he came out of the tunnel and, um, and I just became a, a just a gibbering idiot. It was, it was <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Mr. Hop, Mr. Hopkins. Uh, just, you, wait, you, uh, cause you do a thing with old and then the new and the hat. And he looks at me and he's like, no, no, stop. No, you're fine. Come here. And he gives me a hug and I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> my wife is standing next to me. I'm like, I have a wife. This is my wife. This is her. This is my wife that I have. And he looks at my wife and he goes, you, you must be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, at least he was nice. He could have, oh, he was so nice. He could have easily just been like. Clarice, let's leave. You know, yes. uh, I assume that he just says Clarice even when oh. Starling's not around. Right. You know, uh, for Joe, if if you haven't heard it, and for our audience, if this maybe is the first time you're listening to the Branthus podcast, a couple episodes back, Stephanie Estes told a really good story that she heard from Jodie Foster about Silence of the Lambs. You know, also a movie that Sir Anthony Hopkins is also in. So you know, check that one out too. Absolutely. Very interesting story. I was listening last night. Uh, and I was very uh, entertained listening to Solve the Podcast, which you've done yeah. uh, several episodes of. Those tell me cool, about Ryan. tell me about that. Um, so Solve is uh, they do the they're they're basically like radio plays, mm-hmm. and uh, I I got to do I think I, I think I got to do four of them, and and uh, and then I did uh, they have a filmed version also that that exi- it's all on Snap, and okay. um, well that's not true. Solve is a podcast. Um, yeah, Solve I was listening to I think on. Apple Podcasts, right. probably, yeah, and and then they have a they have another version. It, it's all it's all the vertical platform, and then they have another version uh, of Solve that's that exists on Snapchat, and then that is kind of like that's like uh, choose your own adventure almost. You solve a mystery, yeah. you go along. Um, they're really cool, and and it's so it's kind of unique and kind of fun that you get to do like a radio play with good production value. Yeah, it and, sounded great. Yeah, I had you, a blast. You, you go along where it's a, you know it sounds like you're listening kind of like a to a true crime, uh, but not a recreation like it's actually happening. Like you've got like sound files from someone like, hey, I'm going to record this thing. Uh, I'm going to hide this over. You know what I mean? And then you're trying to guess who is the is the crime perpetrator at the end of the the podcast. I thought it was very interesting. I hadn't listened to anything like that before. So uh, did you? So you had fun doing that. That's oh, you did four play. episodes. I, I had a great time with those. And, you know, like I said, they, they feel like old school radio dramas. And my kids go nuts because we go on road trips. I listen to um, I, I, I love to listen to those radio classics on on uh, on Sirius. So like who? N- who who are you listening to? Uh, my favorite is Philip Marlowe uh, and and sure. uh, and, and uh, Johnny Dollar. Those are my two favorites. OK, uh, probably Johnny Dollar is if I had to pick one. They were so great, man. And then I mean, uh, obviously, you know, Gracie and uh, George and Gracie were great. Oh yeah. And then um, uh, what's his name uh, that had the variety show? Um, oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, it'll come to me. But uh, but I love those old those old radio dramas and Gunsmoke also another one that's great because you had the best actors of their day performing and they had such good voices because everybody smoked. So you had yeah. that that yeah. that awesome gritty really cool. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, I, used, I love that. So I, I used to listen to a little bit of uh, uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, the like the ventriloquist oh, yeah. act. Um, the, the, the the ventriloquist on the radio. 
which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. <laughs> uh, Who else? Fibber McGee and Molly. I used to get some of these at the library and just like find these really old things. I thought oh, yeah. the sound quality, there's something uh, that they don't have now in those sound quality. And I, I don't know exactly what it is, but. I, uh, well, I think, I think cause there's the, the best minds doing it, you know, and they did it all live. Like you had to get those sound effects when you were doing it. That was when it yeah, happened. That's crazy. And you know, like Jack Benny was awesome too. Like Jack. Oh Jack, yes. Yeah. Those shows were hilarious, man. <laughs> Um, Jack Benny always had um, Mel Blanc on there, who did all the old like Bugs Bunny oh, and yeah. Elmer Fudd. Like all those Warner Brothers voices were all him, and he would be. Uh, he, on he Jack started Benny. out on that on that show doing the. Um, uh, he was doing the what you call it the uh, the the uh, he uh, call the train out. guy. So yeah, he was yeah. train guy. Yeah, yeah. The, he'd out. always say something about Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho yeah. Cucamonga. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I love Pretty that cool. stuff, man. So I, could, <laughs> yeah. I I'm a nerd for that stuff, and I I really. Uh, well, see, so, then it's it's a fate, it's fate, then, and that's that's why you're drawn to, and that's why you get these uh, voiceover things, because that's like that's what you enjoy, you know. Oh, I yeah. think it's your legacy. Very and cool, if, you know. And, and if you're lucky enough to get to work in it, it, it is a treat. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I had a great time. Solve was a lot of fun, and um, and at, what I what I really enjoy about the old ones, and I wonder, I, I know there's a there's a group doing it now. I think the Radio Hour or something like that, the old time Radio Hour, um, and it's it's mostly celebrities that'll do those. And they'll do them in front of a live audience too, which is really neat. So, so you get that that, that energy. Yeah. Also. The closest I've ever got to do to any voiceover work was when I had to go come back in and do ADR, which is when you have to go back into the studio. Like, either something didn't sound clear when you recorded it, and you, they have to make you come in, or they want to add a line that's off screen. Right. Right. You know what it is. I'm saying oh, for yeah. the audience. Um, and I got to go in right after Kunail uh, uh, Kunail from uh, the Big Sick and Silicon Valley came in right before me. So I was like, sweet. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I didn't get to talk to him though. Cause he was, if I had been, if he had been after me, I might've got to talk to him, but it was the other way around. Well, yeah, anyway, and, and, and there's it. definitely a pecking order. Like if you're, if you're cool, you walk in and you walk out. And if you're not particularly cool, you wait for the cool people to walk in and walk out. Oh wait, but I had to wait for a long time. That's what I'm saying. I hate to break this oh, to you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you had to find out this way, Brent. <laughs> I, <sighs> I've never been cool. So uh, I've done a lot of waiting also. In my mind, I knew the whole time. Right. You always <laughs> knew. <laughs> well, before we go any further, you know, you and I uh, had a breakfast thing where we, we both went and got barbecue. And well, actually, I went and picked up at Rattler's Barbecue yes. in Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. Mm-hmm. And uh, how was your meal from Rattler's? It was delicious. Uh, did, did, did you enjoy the peanut slaw? You didn't get the peanut slaw. I know. I Okay. So th- here's a little backstory. I go to record with Joe and he goes, oh, and you're going to enjoy the peanut, uh, the peanut coleslaw, the nutty coleslaw. So they call it. Uh, and I said, I didn't get it. And you said, well, y- you, you messed up. And I was like, as soon as I left your house, I called him. Hey, I need to sign. <laughs> so I went really? back to Rattlers. <laughs> got it. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It's good. It was like, um. It is mostly coleslaw tasting, but it yep. tastes a little bit like a, like a Chinese chicken salad because it's got the peanuts in it. You know, I enjoyed it. It's it was a good call. It's I'm delicious. glad I went back. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't like to go, to, you know, whole hog on, on mashed potatoes and, and mac and cheese. Right. So um, I'm limited in my yeah. options. Uh, so when, when, you know, when, when you're limited, you enjoy the slaw. Yeah. Well, I would say the, uh, yeah, the mashed potatoes, I did get the mashed potatoes and they were like, I think they said twice cooked mashed potatoes. And what I, I, I like this about the mashed potatoes that it was a little bit rustic in that I could tell that they hand mashed them because there was a couple little lumps in there. And that's what happens when you really mash them instead of mashing them like in some machine. You know what I mean? That, so I enjoyed that about it. I like, uh, nice. yeah. 
What is uh what what kind, what kind of meat did you get? Uh, I had the uh, what I had the ribs. We had the baby back ribs and the chicken, and yeah. um and you know I'm I'm a little bit of a barbecue freak, so uh yeah I'm I'm I will drink the barbecue sauce. I'm, well, I might I'm, have a barbecue question for you later. Spoiler yeah, alert. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, we picked up and dropped off in Rattlers in Santa Santa Clarita. I also got the barbecue chicken and the baby back ribs. Got the nutty coleslaw, the twice baked mashed potatoes, and the baked beans, which are good, and the, those garlic rolls. Yes. Oh, yeah. good call. Way to bring that yeah. back because that's the truth. Yep. The garlic is that's really good. They they do that thing where they almost cook it all the way, but not quite. And so you've got like a soggy bread mess covered in like yeah. garlic buttery. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have a vi- you know some pictures and a video of me delivering the food. Yeah, very safely, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, to to Joe's place. <laughs> With all so look forward to that. And thank you for uh, you know sharing that breakfast meal with me. That was great. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing so, it. Yeah. Absolutely. It is now, well, I was going to start the quick bites segment, which we do every week, but I, I, I guess I have to say, to be truthful, like, one of the reasons you're on the show right now is because you are the voice of the quick bites. Like, every week when we do the quick bites segment, you're the voice that says, breakfast quick bites. You know, not that didn't sound as good as you, but so I can either, you know, put this, the, the, the recorded segment in, or if you want to do a, a live breakfast quick bites, and then I'll just do the quick bites from there. It's up to you. Oh, no, is it just quick bites? Is that all it is? It's, uh, no, it's just a bunch of, you, uh, just make up like a f- 10 second thing of you just saying random things about quick and bites. And now, breakfast quick bites. Quick bites. It's breakfast quick bites. Is that about right? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast quick bite number one. And by the way, this is the segment where we put things online so that the, the fans can, uh, look at, uh, contentious questions that we're going to ask you. And they, they've already, had been able to look at it this week, and now I'm going to ask you the same question. So we have established that you grew up in uh, Los Angeles. Yes. So if you're going to go watch a game, would you rather watch the game at the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum? Oh, that's tough. They both have challenges. Um, yeah. They're both tough they're, to get to. They're both hard to get in and out of. They're a pain in the ass because uh, they're both terribly designed. Um I'm going to go Rose Bowl only because I went to UCLA and that's where we have our games. Mm-hmm. And uh, although the downside, uh, we've we've parked like six days from the Rose Bowl. But on on the other hand, you you park like you you park like three or four blocks from the Coliseum, no matter what. Yeah, probably closer to ten, and you're hiking through a really unpleasant area. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to go Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Okay, Rose Bowl. Gotcha. I, if and if, if you know when I go to the Coliseum because that's where they have like the NFL games sometimes. Uh, I'll take the train. And that, that's that's a haul, too. That's yeah, a better look. Um, but it's tough. Now, what I do like about the Coliseum is you got that cauldron from the, ni- is it 1984 Olympics? Yeah. Or 1980? Yes. That's pretty cool, where you can see the cauldron where they lit the torch for the Olympics. Uh, but other than that, I would say, like, the Rose Bowl is a little more, I don't know, it's a little, I like the aesthetics a little bit better. It but uh, both I, both both historic places. Absolutely. And and uh, either way, if your, your lady's coming with, she has to have a transparent purse. And oh, we yes. found that out the hard oh, way. Oh, we did too at the Rose Bowl. We went to the Stones and we got all the way to the, you know, to right there. Yep. And we had to walk back to our car because, you know. And the whole time you're just, you're just, what? No one, why would they not say? Uh, I know. It's, I know. well, well, something to know ahead of time, guys. If you go to the Rose Bowl, bring it. Don't bring a purse or bring one that you can see through. Otherwise. Yeah, it has to be plastic. It has to be. A otherwise you have to. Plastic you know, purse or you have to yeah. hike back to the car and put all your stuff in there. Or you have to, you know, pay to have them keep it, which is ridiculous, too. Stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. All right. Breakfast quick bite. 
Number two, we have also established that you are a big fan of barbecue. So who has the better barbecue, Kansas City or Texas? Uh, this is not even a question. It's it's Kansas City. I'm sure that there are, I mean, I've had good barbecue in, in Texas. I'm not talking trash about Texas barbecue, but I like sweet and I like, uh, I like, uh, I like sauce. Mm-hmm. And that's Kansas City. That's oh, Kansas Joe, City. I knew there was a reason that I liked you. Oh. Kansas City barbecue is the best in the world. I'm not saying that just because I lived there when I was a kid. I do actually believe that. It's it's because it's the truth. It's the but ba- I've had good I've had good Texas barbecue too. I just prefer Kansas City. Listen, if I lived in Kansas City, if I lived in where you grew up, I would weigh 600 pounds and I'd have <laughs> to be wheeled about. Like it is just it's so good. When I was nine, I weighed 600 pounds. I was famous. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look it up. It's in the book. Look it up. Facts. <laughs> well, what I, you know, I guess what it puts it over the top for me is the, you know, that's the place where they usually have the burnt ends, which is, um, how do I describe it? It's like, it's very fatty pieces of meat that are cut from the, from the fat. It's, they're cut from the fatty point of the, of the brisket. And they end up, ends up being a little burnt on the end, which I, that's why they call it burnt ends. It's so good. It's so good. And you can't find that stuff anywhere else. Like go, go to your, where, whatever town you're in and ask for burnt ends and everyone will stare at you like you're out of your mind. Yeah. But if you go to Kansas city, you can't, there's not a barbecue joint you will go into right. where they don't have it. And they'll I know, oh, I know one place in North Hollywood where you can get it. I'll, oh, really? You know, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but I'll find it all, you know. You got to tell me, because I mean, we know yeah. we know Missouri style barbecue uh, at at the Bear Pit over there in the in the valley is yeah. Uh, is but awesome. they don't have burn ins. Yeah, they don't have burn ins for yeah. sure. Yeah, in Texas, I do like I do like the nice brisket they make sometimes because sometimes I don't want sauce. You know, you right. get the, just the the dry rub. That's good too. But yeah, I accept your answer overall. Kansas City barbecue. It's it's I, to me, it's not even a question. It's not even there's, there's nothing. There's no hemming. There's no hawing. It's just Kansas City. Joe Sanfilippo. Tell me. In the future, yes. there's going to be a movie called The Joe Sanfilippo Story. How could Who will play you? That, that's why I said there's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Who will play you in that movie? Um, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I would think you could go Ben Affleck, but not Ben Affleck from The Town or from Batman. You'd have to be like The Way Back or Gone Girl Ben Affleck. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like Ben I- Affleck, who's not like in particularly great physical shape like hey i'm every man ben affleck because that's yeah do you know what i mean yeah oh you mean like, like uh batman ben affleck n- yeah but but i mean like but not i mean more like the way back or, or days days to confuse ben affleck. dude <laughs> <laughs> like just just rage machine <laughs> yeah. um you could do that or you could do freddie prince jr either way okay you- he and I used to look back in the day when 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 he was big. We looked identical. It was creepy. I could see that. You guys, you do have a similar look. Yeah. It was it was really creepy. Everywhere we went, uh, anytime we were in Vegas, my, all my he, the, any gentleman's club we were at or whatever for bachelor parties, they would just assume I was him. And my name's Joe. So when I said, "No, I'm I'm not who you think I am," uh, my my name's Joe. Oh, it's Joe. Okay, okay, Joe. Oh wow. And all my buddies are behind me playing it up. So I that I didn't realize that for a long time. So we would, wow. uh, he had to have had a terrible reputation in Vegas, uh, in the, in the early two thousands. Cause I had no money and everybody <laughs> thought we were him. Well, Hey, at least it's on his, uh, resume and not yours. Not right. <laughs> if you would like to get more breakfast content, such as bonus episodes, show promos, TV and film appearances and other public events, as well as pics and videos of Joe Sanfilippo and I enjoying some Rattlers barbecue. There are several places you can go. You can go to the breakfast page on Instagram at breakfast podcast. You can go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts at scoops Pope. 
On Facebook, you can go to the Brentfest official page as well as the Brent Pope actor page. And the show itself is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and through the show website, Brentfest.com. Thank you for your support. The show is growing constantly, and we are now all over the United States as well as in 19 countries over five continents. So if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review, give us some likes, share it around, anything positive, tell all your friends. It's all very appreciated. Joe Sanfilippo, anything uh, you would like to plug, and where can we find you on the social media? Uh, you can find me at, uh, let me see, that's a good question. I, uh, uh, it, uh, Instagram is uh, Joe Sanfilippo, I think. And then, um, and then, uh, there's also the dad survival guide podcast. Uh, my friend Ray and I started this a little bit ago. And, um, basically if, if you're, if you're new to being a dad, if you've been a dad for a minute, if you want to just hear a couple guys who are not pretending we have anything figured out, but are just kind of having a good time. Um, the dad survival guide podcast, DSG podcast, it's uh, available on uh, every podcast platform and, um, a lot of fun, a uh, good time to be had by all. Excellent. Well, I promised big energy from Joe Sanfilippo. We got big energy. Joe, always good to hang out with you. Uh, I always have fun. And, uh, you know, let's hang around soon when we don't have to wear masks. That'd be great. Oh, no doubt. Thank you, Mr. Pope, for having me. All right. You're welcome. And with that, we are at the end of another mind-blowing episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. Everybody stay safe. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>